2: Good afternoon, or good whenever it might be in your time, day to you. I'm Victoria Moran, the host of Main Street Vegan, and I'm so happy to have you joining us today. It's always fun for me to find out where people heard about us. Now, it's a funny thing. Sometimes I'll meet somebody at a veg fest. They'll come up to the book table, and they'll say, I heard your podcast, and then other times, I'll meet somebody and that's how they'll hear about this radio show podcasted after the fact. So thank you for finding it. And thanks to all those wonderful forces of the universe that help people find things that lead to more magical lives. I hope you're feeling pretty magical today. That's pretty much my favorite state. It's actually slightly warmer here in New York city than it has been lately. I mean, it's something like 32 and That's just so wonderful when it's been 12. So it's interesting how gratitude can flood a life. And I have a couple other little gratitudes to share with you in our beginning minutes. As some of you know, I am working on my 12th book. 12 books. You know, when I line them all up together, that's a lot of words. And I've actually been having... A little difficulty with this one, I think because it's number 12, and that seems like such a mystical number and like it needs to be so wonderful because it's the 12th one. And I think also because when you've written 11, you've said a lot (laughs) that you have to say, but I am going forward. This book is called The Good Karma Diet because, oh my gosh, I so believe and I have so experienced experienced that eating and living as a vegan is a good karma way of life, both in the very practical sense of you start putting all these wonderful antioxidants and phytochemicals into your body and you stop taking in the cholesterol and the saturated fat and the lack of fiber and lack of water and all that that we get in animal foods and highly processed junk foods. So you just very practically start to radiate beautiful, um, smiliness, beautiful skin, beautiful eyes, your health gets better, your medical reports get better. But I do believe there's also something just a little more metaphysical going on that when we're putting good out into the world, it just hurries like crazy to bring some good back to us. So I had an inspiration yesterday. It came from a fellow named Big Bald Mike. Now you might remember Big Bald Mike if you've been listening to the show for a while. And if you have not, you can look at Unity Online Radio on their site or you can look at iTunes and just look up Main Street Vegan on iTunes and you will see that probably just about a year ago now... There was a show that we did called The Wrestler and the Drag Queen. Big Bald Mike was the wrestler. He's actually an arm wrestler down in Texas. It was a great show, one of my favorites. He's just really such a guy. He was in that movie, The Wrestler, with Mickey Rourke. Anyway, Big Bald Mike has completely changed his life as a vegan. He has turned his health around. He has become, with his girlfriend, a rescuer of bunnies. You wouldn't think this if you met him in a dark alley, but that's what he does. Anyway, so I got this email from him and mentioned that I was writing this book, and then I was just inspired. I want to tell his story in this book because his whole life turned around with a whole lot of good karma, and I asked if he would send me a little short bit on what happened for him when he went vegan. And then I thought, wait a minute, he's not the only one. All kinds of people have had really interesting kinds of good karma happen as a result of doing this. People have improved their health. They've lost weight those things we accept and understand, but also people have met their own true love. They've come into a profession or a career that they never dreamed of, but was really the one that they were waiting to discover. They've traveled the world. They've met amazing people. So I want to hear about your good karma when you went vegan. So if that's something that you would like to share with me for the possible inclusion in the good karma diet, then just drop me a line. You can write to me at victoria at mainstreetvegan.net. You can write to me at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnline.org. I hope I'm given that one right. I know that's what I'm supposed to give out, but I sometimes have trouble remembering all the many email addresses, URLs, and passwords that populate my life these days. I'm sure you can relate. But one way or another, find me, uh, get to me. It's not too difficult. We are all so easily accessible these days. And let me know how veganism gave you some really good karma. We mentioned the wrestler and the drag queen. Well, I had so much fun this weekend with the drag queen. That is the vegan drag queen, Honey LeBronx, who was my guest on this that show that I was talking to you about. Well, this weekend was the New York Vegetarian Food Festival. This is the fourth year, and this thing just gets bigger every year. I think it's gonna end up in a stadium. But Anyway, after the festival, I was invited to be the guest of Honey LeBronx and her co-host on the annual videotaping of their podcast, Big Fat Vegan Radio, so it was really, really fun. It was filmed in a bar. I don't play a lot of bars. It's very good for somebody who is a speaker to have in-, in experience in different sorts of venues. So I had my bar experience Sunday evening, and it was tons and tons of fun. So thanks to Honey, Honey LeBronx, for that. And in addition to fun stuff that's been going on, there is fun stuff coming up. I want to let everybody have a shout-out about the retreat that I'll be doing at Unity Village April 11th through 13th of 2014. I know I have to say the year because you could be listening to this and it could be, oh my gosh, Star Wars era, the way things are saved online. But we're talking 2014, uh, the middle of April, just before tax day. The retreat is called the Look Great feel amazing, age later lifestyle. Why not? Sounds good to me, doesn't it? And that's going to be through the Awaken Whole Life Center at Unity Village. So if you are in the Midwest, if you're in the KC area or can easily get there, please check it out. Just go to Awaken Whole Life Center and check out my retreat We've got other things going on. I'm going to be back in London, London, England. Oh, it's one of my favorite places on earth. I moved there right out of high school, and that was a pretty wild thing for a girl from Kansas City to do in those days, but I love it to pieces. I believe in reincarnation, and when I went to London the first time, I was 11 years old. People asked for directions, and I could give them I don't know what you make of that. I just make of it that I love London and I'm really, really happy that the VegFest UK has invited me for this year's festival that's happening in September. So do have a look if you're listening in from England or the continent or Iceland or one of those places, or if you're just somebody like me who would love any excuse to get to England. And then remember, too, that next February, February 2015, is the first ever Main Street Vegan and Health Cruise. That's featuring Will Tuttle, Dr. Michael Greger, pastry chef Fran Costigan, benefiting Farm Sanctuary. And you can find out about all these things at MainStreetVegan.net. Now, just as we go into break, I want to give you a little what for about what's coming up. I made a promise to myself this year to look into more of the world's spiritual traditions and how they relate to veganism. So if you're a regular listener, you'll recall that a few weeks ago we had on Patty Brightman who mentioned her Buddhist practice. She started a wonderful group called... um, Dharma for animals, I think. Buddhist Dharma for animals. I think if you just Google Dharma for animals, you can find that uh, to bring more of the vegan teachings that were part of Buddhism into that face. Last week, we had Dr. Richard Schwartz talking about Judaism and veganism. That was such a great show. He had such depth and richness. I've listened to that show myself, put on my headphones while I walked my dog. <laughs> And it was it was grand and glorious the first time and the second time and today we're going to have on two ministers one is from this very denomination that this show comes through and that is unity and the other is from the Unitarian Universalist denomination. And they will be coming on and telling us just what those faiths are all about and how their veganism fits in. So stay with us through these messages, and we'll be back. We'll be talking faith, we'll be talking shop, and we'll be talking Main Street veganism right after this.
1: We'd like to take a moment to encourage you, as part of our Unity Online radio family of listeners, to support this ministry through a love offering. For your convenience, you can make one-time or recurring monthly donations. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for your support.
2: everybody. Welcome back. It is amazing how that little break clears my head. And I remember Patty Brightman's Buddhist group. If you want to check that out, it's called Dharma Voices for Animals. And Dharma is spelled D-H-A-R-M-A, which you probably already know if you're interested in Buddhism. But right now we are going to be talking to some people who are probably interested in every kind of spiritual pursuit because each of them comes from a denomination or found a denomination that invites a spiritual inquiry. Uh, ladies first, I will bring on uh, right now Reverend Brendolyn Batchelor. She is the minister of Unity Santa Fe and has been for 19 years. She is a committed vegan of 14 months, currently enrolled in Dr. Joel Furman's Nutrition Education Trainer Certification Program. Welcome, Brendolyn
0: Thanks, Victoria. I'm delighted to be here.
2: It's wonderful to have you. And our other guest coming in from cold and blustery Chicago is um, Dr. Russell Elvin. And Dr. Elevin has a whole bunch of degrees. I think he has four postgraduate degrees in history, theology, education. But here's what's really important. He went through Main Street Vegan Academy, and he is a certified vegan lifestyle coach and educator. Now, we've cut through to the important stuff. Russell is such an amazing human being. He had bone cancer at the age of 13. He lost his left arm. He had cancer again in 2005. And then he changed his life. And he changed my life by spending a week here in New York and bringing his wonderful presence to bear on the Academy. Welcome, Russell.
4: It's always good to talk to you, Victoria. Thanks for having me on.
2: Well, it's wonderful to have you on. I'm just so excited to introduce both the Unity Path and the Unitarian Universalist Path to our listeners and then bring in the vegan path and how it all fits together. So first, I just want to get from each of you individually how you understand this particular spiritual path that you're on. So, Brendalyn, tell us a little bit about Unity.
0: Okay, well, unity is a positive path for spiritual living where we support People with uh, positive spiritual, um, principles that really empower us, uh, everyone to live a more meaningful and abundant life. And what I always say when I say that every Sunday morning is if you're willing to be changed by what you hear here, and then they all say, hear here. And, <laughs> uh, you know, cause that's the whole bit. Of, there's a lot of self responsibility in unity. Nobody's gonna tell you you're gonna burn in hell if you don't uh, believe what we believe it's a matter of really stepping up to the plate and and being responsible for your own spiritual growth
2: thank you and now, would you consider unity a Christian denomination
0: yes uh, but i would I always say in the non traditional uh, sense in that we don't believe a lot of the um, uh, traditional teachings that Jesus died for our sins and vicarious atonement, that sort of thing. Rather, uh, we believe Jesus was uh, a master teacher and our elder brother and that uh, what he taught was that if we will do what he did, we can do the same thing he did and even greater things. And really, it was about living our life in accordance with uh, the universal spiritual teachings that he espoused.
2: Sounds great. Sounds like something he would have said himself if I could have gotten him on the show. <laughs> Thank you. And Russell, tell us about the UUs.
4: Well, I think uh, Rabbi Schwartz, who, like you said, had a wonderful show last week on Main Street Vegan Radio. I think if he were to say, uh, if you get three Jews in a room and ask for an opinion, you'd get you'd get three different opinions. And I think it's very similar with UUs with Unitarian Universalists. Um, I think perhaps at its most basic, uh, Unitarians were saying there's one God at most. Um, Universalists were saying that God was too good to damn us to hell, so there was universal salvation. And in the United States, we uh, during the Transcendentalist movement, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who was a Unitarian minister, um, and and a lot of those folks within the Transcendentalist community – Uh, began to think outside of of Christianity, uh, began to bring in uh, Hindu concepts, uh, religions of the world, Uh, and then these two were different denominations, though both were Christian at the time, the Unitarians and the Universalists, and then later in 1961, the two denominations came together. Uh, today, I would not say that Unitarian Universalism is a Christian denomination. Um, like Brindleyn was saying, uh, the free and responsible search for truth and meaning is one of our um, uh, stellar points. Uh, so we're we're very important. It's very important to us to try to make heaven on earth as best we can because none of us really know what happens after we die.
2: Except that neuroscientist who was just over there.
4: Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of explanations for how that might have occurred as well.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Oh, I just I watched him on Oprah this weekend and, and had loved his book. So I'm absolutely fascinated. I think the book is proof of heaven for anybody who wants to read about somebody who died and came back. I know there are lots of them, but because he's a neurosurgeon, his story <laughs> seems to mm-hmm. carry more weight than mm-hmm. when it happens to the rest of us. So um, Russell, what does your vegan path have to do with your unitarian universalist paths
4: well uh for me you use talk a lot or at least i did when i was in the pulpit i'm i'm uh, minister emeritus of a congregation now that i've moved from um, my hometown of fort worth uh, but for me it was trying to be the best human being i could be uh and with my interactions with other human beings, I tried to be the best human being I can be. Um, but it also began to extend further for me to where I wanted to be the best human being I could, could in relation to other beings, not just human beings. So Unitarian Universalism allows me to the flexibility to look at things in a, in different ways, to get information from different sources, um, to look at the Buddhist path and how they relate to animals, to look at people like Rabbi Schwartz and how he relates to animals, get all of this information and come up with a way that I am working within the world uh, the best I can. And that to me, again, has extended not just to other human beings, uh, but to sentient beings as well.
2: That's pretty powerful. How about you, Brendal, and what brought you into being a vegan?
0: Well, I had a big challenge feeling out of integrity. You know, I was in the pulpit, but out of integrity because I wasn't honoring my body temple. And I had struggled my entire adult life with overeating and I knew through twelve steps that the answer to that is to give it to God, to surrender to God. And you know, if I you know, I I'd, I'd always say, "Well, I wish God would just tell me what to eat." Well, I finally realized God was always telling me what to eat. I just didn't want to listen. You know, <laughs> and I said, "I'll have this instead." You know, I'll have this instead. And um, in two thousand nine. I decided to go to something that a friend of mine used to call the farm, and I, you know, as in fat farm. And um, so I called her and said, you know, what's this farm you go to every year? And it was the Optimum Health Institute in Lemon Grove, California. And I went out there, and I mean I went out for three weeks my first time. And I felt, you talk about a baptism by fire, I did not have any idea. I was shocked at how much I did not know about nutrition, about uh, digestion, about elimination. I just was really uh, a doe in the lights. And that began my uh, really huge shift in my consciousness in terms of food. And... Uh, I wish I could say that I went to Optimum Health and from then on I ate a clean vegan diet, but I didn't. I kept uh, trying to incorporate what I learned there with my old style. And I will say that I made a lot of uh, changes. But it wasn't until uh, about 14 months ago that I finally, I guess, hit bottom when uh, my blood chemistry was just, you know, not good and I had really been trying to eat pretty clean for about six months and it still hadn't improved very much. And I just, uh, you know, called Dr. Furman's office and they were closed for the holidays. So I called one of his nutrition education trainers and I paid her to coach me, uh, on that plan. And that has changed my life. Mm. And I would have thought that this was just another diet I was on, but it's not because this is the first food plan I have ever been on, and I've been on most of them, where I love this style of eating, and and I would have bet my entire portfolio that I would never be a vegan. and But once I, my body has gotten used to all the nutrient-dense food that I'm eating, I have no desire for that other stuff. And now I can really look into the more ethical issues of being a a vegan, which I hadn't even considered before. So now I feel when I'm up there on Sunday morning, I feel like I'm totally in integrity, body, mind, and spirit. Well, amen to that.
2: (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's really lovely. That's so exciting. Whenever I think about Dr. Furman and his approach, I think of beautiful colors because he mm-hmm. really seems to talk up all those phytochemicals and, and the micronutrients. And today I noticed on Dr. Greger's site, he reported on a study that eating berries, all kinds of berries, but they were looking at blueberries and strawberries most can add two years of good brain health to someone's life, someone who might otherwise be heading in the direction of dementia. And for so long, I just didn't buy blueberries because they were so expensive. And now I'm thinking, okay, they might be $6.99 for half a pint, but being in a nursing home for Alzheimer's costs a whole lot more.
0: So, (sighs) Well, not only that. But the berries, I get mine frozen, organic berries, and they're a lot less. And actually, they say they're actually fresher Mm. because they're packed right on site. And I have uh, strawberries and blueberries every day
2: then you'll be able to get up there in front of your congregation when you're... How old was Charles Fillmore when you're 96? Well, yeah, he was
0: 94, I think, when he... 94. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Charles Fillmore was the founder of Unity, a, a very dedicated vegetarian, as was his first wife, Myrtle, co-founder of Unity. So, Russell, the UUs have a pretty good history with animals, I think. What What have they done?
4: Uh, well. One of the first people I think about is actually Charles Darwin, uh, who actually uh began seminary and, and thought about becoming a Unitarian minister. And the reason I mention him is um because he began to uh bring human human beings and non human animals uh closer together. He began to say, you know, the basically he said uh, the difference between the two of us uh, is just a matter of degrees. Uh, so I mentioned him. Uh, then Henry Berg a little bit later on uh, was the founder of the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And then also the Massachusetts Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. And I, the reason I bring that up is that many times uh, you and I have heard before you only care about animals – and and henry berg is is sort of an example that i point to that says our our empathy can expand in a lot of different directions i'm not j- solely focused on the well-being of animals i'm just so focused on the well-being of beings in in uh total
2: and then, i'm going to tweet that russell yeah. i am focused on the well-being of beings that's on, a on good the well-being
4: one. of beings yes And one of the people that I find most interesting is uh, Bronson Alcott. Have you heard of Bronson? Yeah. Yeah, he was the uh, father of Louisa May Alcott. But for a short time, he founded this society uh, in Harvard, Massachusetts, right out of Concord, where all the transcendentalism uh, issues were coming about. Um, and, And he founded a place called Fruitland's. Uh, which was a vegan society, he would not even allow animals to be used on the farm at all, nor their manure. Uh, it was totally done at the uh, effort of the human be- human animals that were on the farm, uh, and everyone uh, on the farm was a, a vegan didn 't last as long as i 'd hoped it it might, uh, but I think it was one of those utopian societies that we can kind of point back to. Uh, Susan B. Anthony uh, was a Unitarian and famous suffra- suffragette, and uh, she was actually at the first American Vegetarian Society, and she toasted both vegetarianism and uh, women's rights. And then more recently, Francis Moore LePay, uh, uh, Diet for a Small Planet, uh, is a Unitarian um those are are some of the folks that I think about uh within Unitarian and Universalism and Unitarian Universalism who who've made a a place for animals.
2: Oh that's pretty wonderful. And now there is uh Melanie Joy, Dr. Melanie Joy.
4: Yes, uh Dr. Joy has been going around uh for a lot of uh several years now uh to different Unitarian churches uh and giving her uh, uh Carnism talk. Uh, I attended uh, her talk when she was in Dallas a couple of years ago and have uh, made her acquaintance on a couple of occasions and, and visited with her at uh, Vegetarian Summerfest a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, she's pretty wonderful. We have so yes. many great people that are yes. uh, helping out in the world. Well, how about you? On your list of questions you sent me, you said, and what are you, Russell, doing for animals? So I will just put <laughs> you on the spot and say, okay, fess up.
4: Well, one of the, the things that I'm most proud of within Unitarian Universalism is a, is an organization within um, uh, our faith system uh, called the Unitarian Universalist Animal Ministry. It's at uuam.org. And we have, I don't know, uh, 20 or 30 chapters around the United States within our congregations uh, who attempt to uh, bring about change within the larger congregation, uh, just informing people, educating people about uh, what's going on uh, with uh, animal suffering. Uh, I was part of a team that wrote a curriculum uh, for those chapters called Reverence for Life, um, and it is a uh, a series of lessons uh, that can be done within the congregational setting uh, for people who are interested in in these issues. Um, and and right now, uh, out of that is this movement called the First Principle Project. The First Principle of of Unitarian Universalism is the inherent worth and dignity of every person and this first principle project is trying to raise awareness to where we may change the possibility is there where we may change the first principle to read the inherent worth and dignity of every being uh, so those are some of the things that I am really excited about within Unitarian Universalism today where people continue uh, there, there always has to be this group that continues to push the, the larger group. Um, and, and I think UUAM and this first principle project are not going to let these issues lie. We're going, we're going to continue to push the larger group of Unitarian Universalism.
2: Oh, that's terrific, and and I know you will. <laughs> that's uh, one thing I know about your denomination. You do not stop. When you see that something is right, you just keep going until it is changed. So we need to take a break here, but if you'd like to read a bit about today's wonderful guests, you can find out more about the work of Reverend Brendalyn Bachelor out there at Unity of Santa Fe on their website, UnitySantaFe.org. .org and you can also find out about the work of Russell Eleven at ministerofhealth.com. Did I get that right?
4: It's dot .org.
2: .org. Oh, you're an org. ministerofhealth.org and guess what? If you let him know that you heard the show today, even if today is sometime in the future as it may well be, he's going to give you a great big old discount on coaching. How much did you say?
4: Uh, I'll go to 50%.
2: Woohoo! 50%. You know, you don't usually get that over the radio. Stay with us through these messages and we'll be back with more Main Street Vegan right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
3: For the spiritual in your everyday life, searching for meaning in the meaningless check out the book Rants to Revelations by Reverend Ogun Holder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogun brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Ramster Revelations today from www.RamsterRevs.com.
0: i light a candle in your name
3: Just like life, Grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Rev. Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: I light a candle in your name.
1: Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran.
2: Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I'm Victoria Moran, and I am here today with Reverend Brendan Bachelor and the Reverend Dr. Russell Elliman. Is that how I'm supposed to say that? Oh,
4: that's beautiful. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> All right.
2: All right. I can. Ju- I, I picture you in robes, but then that's because you wear a robe on Twitter and Facebook in your little picture. Yes. So, uh, and and what is your Twitter and Facebook presence?
4: Uh, if you go into Facebook and, and uh, enter in Minister of Health, you'll find me. And my Twitter handle is uh, at health underscore minister.
2: Okay, very good. Do you have any of those to share, Brendolyn?
0: Well, um, I don't know what my Twitter is, but my Facebook, I'm, you know, Brendolyn Bachelor.
2: Okay, excellent. So,
0: and then we have Unity Santa Fe has a pace, Facebook page also.
2: Very nice. Very yeah, nice. I'll
0: be, I'll be expanding into my nutrition education sort of on the side yeah. after I get my certification.
2: Well, that will be dandy. And I know out there in Santa Fe, you have a lot of people that are open to new ideas. So you're in the perfect place. Now, as we talk about all these various URLs for things, another one comes to mind, which is vegdocs.com. Now we're not talking documentary films there. What's this all about Russell
4: well, I was um uh, taking part in a graduate certificate program at the Institute for Humane education and at the conclusion of that program, you're supposed to come up with a project uh, that could that could be used as as sort of the defining piece of of your work uh, during that uh, certificate program and and I really came to I, I came to vegetarianism young uh, with my first cancer um, but I came to veganism uh, when I had my second cancer and and one of the things that I was frustrated with is that I could not easily find a physician uh, that that was at least empathetic or sympathetic uh, to the way I wanted to eat uh, they were the ones I worked with were sometimes even a little bit hostile to the way I, I wanted to eat. So I came up with uh, VegDocs, V-E-G for veg, uh, vegetarian or vegan, and then Docs, D-O-C-K-S dot com, as a way to try to help people find uh, veg friendly physicians on the web. I've recently just, um, expanded it to include, uh, chiropractors as well. But, uh, right now it is, um, medical doctors, osteopathic doctors, and chiropractic doctors. So if, if any of your listeners know of a physician, of a healer who, uh, will, uh, be able to work well with people who want to eat a vegan diet uh, and live a vegan lifestyle i 'd love to have those recommendations it's it 's free both to the uh, doctor and and both and to the people who use the website. I just want it out there so that others may not have to go through the same frustration I went through and you may notice when you look through there that the majority the there are more veg friendly doctors in Texas uh, because that 's where I was Uh, based at the time uh, than there are in other states. That's not right. (laughs) We ought to have uh, more folks out there that we can connect with uh, for this way of eating and living.
2: Well, we'll just send everybody over there to VegDocs.com. And Russell, you accidentally put a K in it. And that's because you were thinking of a doc because you want to go on the Main Street vegan cruise. <laughs> so it was a Freudian cruise slip, but it is docscom because we want everybody, if you are a physician, a healthcare provider, or if you are a person looking for a veg-friendly physician, uh, get yourself to VegDocs.com, dot com Calm.
4: Thanks for catching that, Victoria.
2: Absolutely. Well, I was your teacher, Russell, even yes. though I, I I don't have all your degrees, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> life just kind of shifts and you get in these strange positions at times. So, Brandilyn, talk to me about how being vegan relates to your spiritual life. I know you got into it for health. Is it doing anything for your soul?
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting. I've been, I have been a meditator for many, many years, and I had, um, been a Vipassana, uh, practitioner, if you will, uh, under the Goinka cha- uh, style, the Goinka school, which is the real boot camp meditation. And in December, A few weeks before I really made my commitment to Dr. Furman's plan, I took Transcendental Meditation training. And I don't know if that was just a coincidence, but all I know is the TM uh, seemed to just be right on the, as soon as I started doing TM, that's when I suddenly got this real come to Jesus (laughs) uh, realization that I had to, Really had to take care of my my body, and so I feel that um, i've had people comment that again is it t m or is it being vegan or is it both or whatever? but they feel a different energy from me um, a more calm i feel more calm I still can uh, i'm a seven on the enneagram, so I can still have eighteen balls in the air at any one time but but I feel like there's um that it's really affecting my daily life in terms of being more centered. And um, again, it's uh, h- helping me to feel I'm more in integrity in a holistic way, body, soul, and spirit. And and that's just a uh, really a blessing, I think, not only to me, but all those people have to deal with me.
2: Ah. Well, this must be the message for me this week because Monday night, my husband and I went to the beautiful Rubin Museum in downtown Manhattan, which is an art museum dedicated to Himalayan culture. And Russell Simmons was being interviewed about his new book, Success Through Stillness. And I talked to the publicist afterwards, trying to get Russell Simmons on the show, really uh, hoping that that will work out. But in his new book, he talks about meditation, and he does do the TM form of, of meditation, but he kept bringing up the yogic prayer, this loka Sukino bhavantu, may all beings be free mm-hmm. from suffering. May the thoughts, words, and actions of my life contribute to this freedom. And the person who was interviewing him kind of didn't get that because the person who was interviewing, I do not believe, was vegetarian or vegan. And at one point when Russell Simmons was talking about veganism and the animals and stuff, the other gentleman said, uh, not not to change the subject, and I leaned over to my husband and I said, "But he just did change the subject." <laughs> so when you get this combination of that spiritual connection and this compassionate life, it just creates this beautiful emanation. I think that you're talking about and that people are are getting from you. So thank you for that. Ooh. So Russell. Tell us about your practice. What do you do with these people that you work with as the Minister of Health?
4: Well, there's a a number of things I'm doing, and and part of this is just getting underway. Uh, I left uh, Texas at the end of October and moved to uh, the Chicago area uh, right at the beginning of November and have been getting the uh, business side of this set up. Uh, but I've been a coach for many years, and uh, what I'm going to be focusing on now is uh, helping people uh, make changes in their life that bring about better health. Um, so there's coaching as a part of that. Um, I'm also applying to be a faculty member on a local um, uh, organization that does a whole lot of different, uh, health oriented, uh, programs. So I hope to do some speaking in that, uh, area as well. Um, the proposal that I have in front of them right now is talking about, um, uh, eating with compassion, uh, how a vegan lifestyle can change your life. Uh, so we will see if that is accepted. And then th- there is this Uh, program that I have just uh, gotten into as a way to uh, attempt to get more involved in the community where I live, and it's it's called Get Wasted. And I know you're familiar with that program, but it is is a program uh, where people can come together once a week to get support uh, for eating uh, what is a high antioxidant, uh, low-protein uh, diet uh, that adds that support like other uh, weight loss programs do. But this is is on a, a vegan diet, which is something that I can support.
2: Yeah, they're wonderful people. And that is Get Wasted, W-A-I-S-T-E-D. <laughs> There's yeah. a, a yeah. book by that name by uh, Dr. Mary and, and Tess Chalice. Well, that's great. Let us know how that works out. So let me ask you, Russell, the question that I just asked Brendalyn. What about your inner life? What does going veg have to do with it?
4: Uh, well, you know one of the things that Brindolin said really uh, resonated with me, and that is this idea of of not being your um, your full self not not being um, uh, not being where you want to be, not feeling as authentic as you feel like something is a little amiss, and I have had um, probably the most spiritual part of my life these days is when I'm working and thinking about animal issues, because I believe it is one of these one of these things when we look back years from now. That we're we're just going to say I can't believe we did that, and I won't be I'm sure one of those voices that they look back to and say I wish we would have listened to Russell, but I want to lift up those voices, and I want I want to be one of those people who are who are saying today, uh, look at what we're doing, look at how we are destroying our health, our planet, and look how we are st- destroying these beings. That we don't have to destroy. There's no reason for this. Uh, so that possibility, uh, is, uh, is what really keeps me going. And I, and I have to say, I think Unitarian Universalists, Unitarians and Universalists have been on that pushing side, uh, in the past. We've pushed, uh, for things, and although we're small, uh, we tend to have our, our voices heard, even though that we don't say, hey, I'm a UU. You know, Susan B. Anthony didn't go around talking about Unitarianism all that much. But our voices are oftentimes heard. Um, and I, I want to be on the right side of this issue a long time uh, and, and help bring this idea forward to, for others to think about and then finally to act upon.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, Gwendolyn, I hear from a lot of people who are in churches of, of various sorts that they have more trouble talking about being vegan at church than anywhere except maybe Thanksgiving dinner. So <laughs> h- how do you deal with that in your setting?
0: Well, it's kind of interesting. Um Our choir director is also vegan and and does a lot of raw food, uh, you know, and was totally raw for many years. And uh, we had a, a vegan potluck once, and I got flack because some people felt left out. And when I mentioned it to her, she said, Well, that's great. I've been feeling left out for years. (laughs) And I was like, duh. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. That, um, that so many times, you know, you go to potlucks at church or wherever and there's nothing for vegans to eat. And I can tell you that over the past year, that has changed. (laughs) And, uh, I think between her and I, we always make sure that I have another friend who always brings healthy food. And we had a potluck Sunday. Before our annual meeting, that was the best one ever. There was more than enough food that um, that was vegan. And so that was really exciting. Um, I don't preach it from the pulpit much, although – I, I did this past Sunday because I was talking about, uh, how we have to, we have both physical laws and spiritual laws that we have to align ourselves with. And so I was able to, um, use, you know, sleep and, and standing and exercise and food as ways that, uh, these are, they're physical laws that, um, that we can make a be our, put ourselves more in alignment with. So now tomorrow, I mean, this coming Sunday, my talk is going to be, uh, you can be healed. And I thought, oh my God, they're not going to be able to stand it if I, if I talk about food again. <laughs> so and yet it's absolutely, uh, you know, it was my challenge for years was that I wasn't taking action. I wasn't putting feet on my prayers for health. So, um so yeah, it's it's a, a, a little tricky, and and I always tell them, okay, I'm going to start meddling now, hmm. and when I uh talk about the food thing, but but people have also seen me transformed, hmm. you know, because I'm probably way, well, I haven't added it up lately, somewhere around fifty five pounds less than I did a year. Uh, 14 months ago, my blood chemistry's the best it's been my entire adult life. I have more energy. I'm more vital. Uh, my skin looks better. What can I say? I, I and that has been inspiring to people. So, uh, without even saying a word about it from the pulpit, it, I've been advertising uh, a walking billboard for how great this uh, vegan lifestyle is.
2: Ooh, well, we can, we can paraphrase Teddy Roosevelt and say, walk softly and shine a big light, because that yes. really does seem what happens when people make this change. Russell, last 30 seconds, what do you have to tell us?
4: Well, I would just reiterate uh, what Brindleyn is saying. Some of our most difficult conversations are held within community with the people we love the most. And, uh, I, that has been the most heartbreaking part of the journey for me. But it is also the thing, uh, that, that helps me too, because I love these people, uh, and, and I want to stay in community with them. Uh, so sometimes these conversations are difficult. They're, they're hard to do. Um, but it's, it's people like us who have to continue having these conversations even when it's hard uh, for us because think of – I mean just think of how hard it is for the animals.
2: Oh, that is so well put, so well put. Well, thank you both so much for all this great information. Now I'm going to tell everybody again where you can go to find these lovely people. Reverend Brendolyn Bachelor, that's B-A-T-C-H-E-L-O-R, is at unityofsantafe.org. And Dr. Russell Elevin is at ministerofhealth.org, and you also want to check out vegdocs.com. Find a fabulous vegan doctor somewhere near you. Wouldn't that be grand? And please tune in to Main Street Vegan next week when we're going to have environmentalist James Hicks. He's the gentleman who made Titanic director James Cameron. Cromwell, which one? I always get them confused. Cameron, yeah. James Cameron vegan because James Cromwell is vegan too. Yep. We just—I mean, did you watch the opera, the Oscars? Did we have everybody? Yes, we did. <laughs> and two weeks from today, we will have Reverend Bachelor's mentor and the health mentor of millions of other people across this country and world, and that is the venerable Dr. Joel Furman. So Yay. put those on your calendar. And in the meantime, God bless you and. Eat your veggies.
1: Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week
3: Things may happen around you. Things may happen to you. But the only things that really count are the things that happen in
2: you.
1: This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity.